Another edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast coming to you from the University City where everybody had better be paying attention to baseball these days. West Virginia atop the Big 12 standings, riding a five-game winning streak, getting ready to go on the road to take on Baylor this weekend in Waco at about the midpoint of Big 12 play. This edition of the Golden Blue Nation, Nation podcast is brought to you, as always, by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Nick Farrell here alongside Ryan Decker, who has another big get. Deck, who are we talking to on the podcast today? So today, talking with a D1Baseball.com contributor and an analyst of college baseball on ESPN, Mike Rooney. Of people who watch a lot of college baseball, especially during NCAA tournament time, have certainly seen and heard Mike Rooney's name a lot during those periods, for sure. What are we asking him? So asking him, you know, about the big news uh, from Wednesday of West Virginia right now, as of this moment, being a projected NCAA tournament regional host, and of course, just overall talking about the great start to this season by West Virginia and Randy Mazie's crew sitting at 30 and 11 right now with 14 games to play. Mountaineers, 30 victories already, the most recent coming against Penn State in 14-2 fashion. J.J. Weatherholt and Grant Hussey hitting grand slams in that game in back-to-back innings as the Mountaineers split their regular season series with the Nittany Lions. 30 wins is an impressive milestone for the Mountaineers. It's the sixth time in 11 seasons under Randy Mazie that they've won 30 games in a season. Can't remember a time that they've led the Big 12 Conference leading into the last weekend of April, that's for sure, and attended wise too more than 9,000 fans at the TCU game TCU series which West Virginia swept last weekend and 3,400 more for the Penn State game Tuesday I mean folks really are paying attention and got the feeling that what they've got maybe seven or eight home games left roughly mm-hmm. tickets are going to be a hot commodity too yeah definitely so I mean 12,000 total, and it's more than 12,000 total people have been through the turnstiles, as you like to say, uh, over the last four home games for West Virginia. I mean, it's a great crowd support, and certainly, especially if West Virginia takes care of business this weekend, those tickets next week against Pitt, and then against Oklahoma, which luckily my parents already have tickets to, are going to be a very hot commodity. And, And one thing I did ask Mike Rooney about, you'll hear it at the tail end of our conversation, is whether or not fan attendance could weigh in to a decision by an NCAA committee of whether to reward WVU with a regional host or not. Well, let's get to that conversation with the expert right now. Ryan Decker's interview with ESPN's Mike Rooney is next here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Joining us on the Golden Blue Nation podcast is Mike Rooney. He's a contributor for D1Baseball.com, and you'll see him on ESPN, especially during the NCAA tournament as a college baseball analyst on Squeeze Play. Great programming there over on ESPN. Mike, thanks for joining us here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Yeah, you got it, Ryan. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So let's talk some Mountaineer baseball. West Virginia, as you know, playing extremely well right now. 30 wins on the season as of Tuesday night with that win over Penn State. I guess 30,000 foot view. Give us your assessment of West Virginia and how they've played so far this year. Yeah, I just I think they just got a really good team. You know, it's it's um, 
it's all kind of come together. We're in a year where the Big 12 has very uncertain pitching. Um, you know, like most of the teams in the Big 12 had to turn over their entire rotations. That gave West Virginia a huge uh, advantage because they didn't. You know, they they had, uh, even though Ben Hampton is the returner, it's a big returner. You know, like that's an ace that you have back that other teams don't. And then, you know, Blaine Traxel's been brilliant. And, you know, I, I had Robbie Porco's first, uh, you know, kind of weekend start. He was interesting. And, you know, Traxel and Porco and Hampton are so different. Like that makes it very unique. And then I think the other development is I, I think West Virginia has a very good team but they have a star player. You know, J.J. Weatherholt is a, you know, if he stayed healthy and even if even if he just keeps doing his thing, this could be one of the finalists, meaning four finalists for the Golden Spikes Award, which is our Heisman Trophy. So, yeah, I just, I think they've got a really fun team. I don't think it's fluky in any way. Um, I Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun. So we'll get to J.J. Weatherholt here in a second, because, of course, when you talk WVU baseball, you have to talk J.J. Weatherholt. But you mentioned that, I guess, the strength of West Virginia so far has been the fact that they have pitching that they've been able to rely on this year. Maybe in your assessment, what's been a weakness or what could be a weakness of this Mountaineer team this year? I mean, the only weakness that they have, and I don't like like maybe there's a better term for it. But the one thing I would say is West Virginia's path to victory is it's a pretty specific formula, meaning that, hey, they need Hampton and Traxel to go deep in games, save the bullpen, and then the bullpen is ready to go for the Sunday game, whether it's Porco or somebody else. Um, you know, Carlson Reed has been really good converting from starter to the bullpen. And I would say the offense is very specific in that it's got to run through J.J. Weatherholt, right? Like, I think the Kansas series was a good example where J.J. wasn't dominant, and so you lose the series. I, I do like the rest of the position player group, but, um, you know, and maybe this is the case for all teams with a star player like this, but that, that would be my only criticism of WVU and I don't I don't think it's a criticism per se um and it's it's not it's not a guarantee that they can't win games other ways but it does feel like if Hampton and Traxel don't get deep in games um and and it's been a little harder for Traxel to do that in Big 12 play um and JJ Weatherholt's not impacting the game you know it, that that limits them Right. And as you kind of alluded to, WVU had to figure out how to win without JJ there for about a week's time as he was out with that hand injury. But he came back and as I'm sure you've seen his first at bat back into the lineup, hits that three run double over the weekend. And then Tuesday night hits a grand slam in the, in the third inning, just really got that crowd energized, hitting well over 400 this year, 459 is his current batting average. He's leading the Big 12 in just about everything. I mean, it, contextualize if you can the season that JJ is have, having and where this kind of ranks among the great seasons that are happening around college baseball this year. Yeah, I would say, I mean... You know, he's JJ's interesting because he's not massive. You know, he's not a physically imposing kid. He's a good looking athlete. He's kind of got that it factor. I'd say that's like his biggest thing. He's a really good left handed hitter. You know, the, the two most famous players in college baseball right now are probably Dylan Cruz and and um, Paul Skeens at LSU. Cruz is different than JJ. Cruz is projected to be the first pick in the draft. JJ's not draft eligible until next year. You know, Cruz is a center fielder. So they're different players. You know, Paul Skeens is a pitcher. The other kid that's in this conversation with JJ is, um, or two other kids, Nolan Chanuel at Florida Atlantic. He's kind of their corner infielder, left-handed bat. 
the thing that Shanuel is doing that JJ is kind of doing is he's got like 57 walks and hit by pitches and only 13 strikeouts, um, probably hitting for a little bit more power than JJ. I think the, the big calling card for JJ Weatherholt, though, is his numbers are awesome. He's got a ton of stolen bases, which is a speed element that those other candidates and players don't have. Uh, but he's also leading a team like West Virginia. You know, we, we know that West Virginia hosted in 2019, the Alec Manoa team, but to my knowledge, West Virginia's never won the big 12 regular season title in baseball and JJ Weatherholt's got him poised to do that. So I think his candidacy is kind of linked to that a little bit. Ethan Petrie's the other kid, you know, he's going to be the national freshman of the year at South Carolina has got 20 home runs, but Hey, I mean, just being in that conversation with those five players is remarkable. And, um, yeah, it's it just, a you know, if you think about the West Virginia program that Randy Maisie's building, it's like Manoa, Grove, you know, obviously Jed Jerko is like the famous historical player. And now here comes Weatherholt, who projects to be a first round pick next year. And so you just answered a question that I was going to ask you. I know JJ's not draft eligible until next year, the 2024 draft class. But is how is that how he's projecting a potential first round draft pick, uh, which would be Maisie's second, you know, in a handful of years here at West Virginia? I, I would say yes. You know, the pro community doesn't spend a lot of time getting hot and bothered about the year. You know, like the the professional scouts who you would pull for a projection are super laser focused on um, 2023. But you can glean, you know, based on history and and seeing how a player's performing, you can you can make an educated guess. And yeah, like I don't see how anyone's letting JJ Weatherholt get out of the first round next year. He's done nothing but hit since he's been there. He's really athletic. He's got that it factor. His instincts for the game are really uh, incredible. Just just you know, like the the thing I've I've talked to people about is when you watch JJ Weatherholt take a pitch. There's just not a lick of tension in there. He just there, there's such a confident, controlled, you know, approach to the baseball, and then the swing has the appropriate violence in it once he pulls the trigger. So, yeah, I mean, I I would be really really surprised. And by the way, he's bigger than these kids I'm going to mention, but there is precedent for the non six foot four, two hundred pound player going to the first round. I mean, I think about Nick Madrigal. Um, you know, you, you think about the Jose Altuve's and the, you know, the player that that Dustin Pedroia became and, and JJ Weatherholt's bigger than all three of the kids I just mentioned. Yeah, great, great points there. Great comps. And, you know, certainly for West Virginia fans, those are, those are names they know if you're a baseball fan. So certainly good, uh, good future outlook there for, for JJ Weatherholt and the Mountaineers. We got Mike Rooney on here with us on the Golden Blue Nation podcast talking about the Big 12 a little bit. You mentioned that J.J. is right now leading the charge for West Virginia to potentially win their first Big 12 regular season crown. It's a great accomplishment, you know, as is. But, of course, the Big 12 is known as a very good baseball conference. Mike, am I correct? Not a great team in the Big 12 this year, but a lot of solid teams and a lot of really good programs that you know are always going to be well-rounded. Yeah, I would say to be determined because the one thing that we've learned this year in the Big 12, Ryan, is that – any conclusion could end up being the wrong conclusion. You know, like it's just been one week you're excited about a team. And then like West Virginia is a classic example. Like, Hey, we got really excited about them in preseason. They've done really good things. They look the part, they pass the eye test. Uh, and then, you know, they, they, they lose the, a home series to Kansas and you're like, okay, what do we do with that? And then they come back and they go five and one versus Oklahoma state and TCU. So it's like, you know, I, I think, um, I, I'm not re- I'm not ready to say 
that the Big 12 doesn't have an elite team yet? Because I just don't know. And, and the other thing that's that's happened in the league is there's been a lot of injuries. And I think part of this is going to come down to who gets healthy. Uh, you know, hey, Oklahoma this time last year, I don't think anyone would have called them an elite team that we would have called them an intriguing team or an interesting team. Next thing you know, they're playing for the national title. Now, do any of the big 12 teams right now have a Cade Horton kind of hanging around in their back pocket? I don't know about that, but um, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think the big 12 race is going to be one of the most fun races down the stretch. You know, certainly Baylor isn't a massive rebuild. Their season will that, you know, right now they wouldn't qualify for the big 12 tournament. Kansas also in a rebuild. Build and they've kind of um, they're leaking oil a little bit right now. Everybody else, the other seven teams, if it turns right, they could sneak their way into the postseason. Or you know, some of them it'd be more than sneak their way in. So yeah, it's a long way of saying I think there's still a lot left to learn about the Big Twelve. Which, if you're West Virginia, you've already taken care of a couple of those teams that weren't healthy at the time. Oklahoma State's a good example of that. Oklahoma State was not healthy when WVU played them a couple weeks ago. You take two out of three on the road. A good series to have in your back pocket as you turn your attention to tournament time as we're you know, really less than a month away from these conference tournaments getting started, five to six weeks away from the NCAA tournament getting started. Not to bury the lead here, as maybe we did, but your boys over at D1Baseball.com have West Virginia as the number 15 seed and a, a regional host in their latest projections, Mike. What is West Virginia's greatest, I guess, asset, their biggest argument to being a regional host as we stand right now, and how do they continue to build on that argument? Yeah, I would say for West Virginia, the the biggest things they have going for them is they're you know they're they're right there with a chance to win the Big Twelve, right? You know, conference championships matter, and you know it's it's them and and basically Oklahoma State. I mean, let's be honest, the the Big Twelve standings are just a uh, you know it's a congested mess right now, right? So West Virginia, if you had to pick a team, you, you it, you'd probably you, you'd they'd be in your conversation for conference champion 30 and 11 is a great record an rpi of 19 is phenomenal they're 7 and 2 versus the top 50 and they're 14 and 6 versus the top 100 so those are very good metrics they're 15 and 7 on the road which is another thing that the the, the committee likes i think the 15 road wins is probably second or third in the country uh and and i think the other thing is they pass the eye test you know like teams coaches that are playing west virginia are going to come back and tell you hey weatherhold is a beast i like their rotation carlson reed is doing a nice job and the you know like as you as you start to talk your way through West Virginia's team, you like them. So I think it's all those things. You know, it's it's still very very fluid. But um, yeah, they're they're in a. I mean, I'll tell you, if if you had told Randy Maisie before the season, hey, you'll be thirty and eleven and a projected host right now, he would probably tell us that, hey, there's a long way to go. But I'll take it. Like if that if you tell me that's my starting point with four weeks left in the tournament, heck yeah, sign me up for that. And he pretty much said just that either Saturday or Sunday after a win over TCU. We asked him some of those similar questions and pretty much said, you know, it's obviously you've got four or five weeks to go, but it's a lot better being first place in the Big 12 right now than it is being last place in the Big 12 right now. Um, Speaking of tournament projections and regional host bids, how much can fan attendance way into those decisions. And I guess the reason I asked that is because over the weekend, WV fans really showed up a program record for a series uh, in the regular season attendance, big attendance again, Tuesday night. Can that maybe be something that West Virginia can boast at some point late in the year? If, if you're splitting hairs between teams, maybe if you're a committee. 
Well, I'd say like the, the committee is a bunch of humans. So, you know, it's like there is the ability to influence humans. Technically, they're not supposed to look at things like that. You know, like every school guarantees profitability for the NCA when they run a regional and the, and they're not supposed to. So if like if, if Mike Rooney University was bidding against Mississippi State, clearly Mississippi State's going to be more profitable, right? Like they're, that 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 is one of the most incredible atmospheres that, that there are. But the committee's instructed do not let the PNL uh, affect like pick the 16 best teams and if they they you know it's kind of a yes or no thing like do you do do you do you check the boxes to be a host if yes we're going to pick the 16 best teams um but from a human element i think the committee would probably look at west virginia and think hey like they did an awesome job hosting in 2019 it was a killer atmosphere it's a place that's not one of your you know staples when it comes to hosting a regional and i do think the committee likes to spread the love if you will um so I, I think I, I don't think any of those things can hurt Ryan, but I don't think they get you over the top or even break a tie. But certainly, I would say West Virginia is well regarded as a host. Um, the 2019 uh, atmosphere was awesome. The team is well regarded. I think the only people that might not want to come back as a host is the umpires because the Mountaineer faithful were very tough on the umpires in that regional. But that was actually kind of fun too. And they have stayed that way throughout this year. I can attest to that for sure. <laughs> they, uh, they they get on the umpires when they need to, of course, when they That's need right. to. Yes. Uh, finishing up here with Mike Rooney. He's a contributor at D1Baseball.com, college baseball analyst for ESPN. So, Mike, one final thing here. Four weeks to go, as we've mentioned, in this college baseball regular season, 14 games left for the Mountaineers. Over those 14 games, what left do they need to show you, if you're on a committee for the NCAA tournament, what left do they need to show you? Yeah, I'd say like I just want to keep seeing JJ Weatherholt in the, his name in the lineup every day. Like when I check the box scores for West Virginia, that's the first thing I look at. Kind of interested on Tevin Tucker. Not that you know uh, they they don't need him to be on the tear that he's been on lately, but man, his offense has really emerged. That would be neat. I, I am curious about the third starter. You know, I, I think I saw Robbie Porco's best career start. Is that sustainable? Um, you know, the other thing I would say is Blaine Traxel's not getting as deep as games as he had been, and he does have a thin margin for error that said i would bet on blaine Traxel all day every day so just little things like that but i you know i think the long story short ryan is if if west virginia just keeps doing their thing they're going to be just fine and and they're going to be very much in the hosting discussion well hopefully that's the case as we move down the down the road to may and you know get, get into the beginning of june there and uh, you're sitting on that espn desk for uh, squeeze play and talking about a regional in morgantown mike definitely appreciate your time and your insight thank you so much for joining us here on the golden blue nation podcast yeah my pleasure thanks ryan Pritt and spano west virginia's lawyers unexpected hurdle Pritt and spano unseen circumstance Pritt and Spano, personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano, their passionate team, will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Big thanks to Mike Rooney for joining us on the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Nick Farrell here with Ryan Decker to put a bow on this edition of the podcast. Deck, you had discussed with Mike about the latest projections from D1Baseball.com, which right now have West Virginia as a fringe one seed. Mm-hmm. 
picked, I think, 15th overall, yep. that would be good enough to be an NCAA regional host for the first time since 2019. I mean, when, when you look at the bigger picture in the Big 12, there's a lot of baseball left to play. West Virginia has beaten some good teams already, but still has some good teams on the docket. But it's not too far-fetched to think that, that they could be a top 16 seed in the tournament this season. Yeah, especially the way they've played the last two weeks and with opportunities you have moving forward. If West Virginia take care, takes care of business this weekend against a last-place team in Baylor who's last in the Big 12, I mean, you, you've already notched at that point 32, maybe 33 wins, depending on what happens there. Then you're playing a numbers game the rest of the season, truly, to get to a, really, you're looking at 38 wins. I mean, that alone should get you in a pretty good spot to be a regional host. If you could win 39, 40 maybe, including the Big 12 tournament, which you know you're at least getting two games in that tournament, certainly in good position to host a regional, and especially with marquee games against Texas and Texas Tech still to be played on the horizon. I mean, great opportunities ahead for West Virginia. Mountaineers go on the road to Baylor this weekend, then host Oklahoma for a three-game series, then Texas Tech for a three-game series in mid-May, conclude the regular season at Texas in Austin, uh, May 20th through 22nd or 19th through 21st, not looking at the dates exactly, something around there. Mm -hmm. Then we'll go to Arlington, Texas for the Big 12 tournament. Uh, okay, talking about wins, do you remember off the top of your head how many wins the 2019 team had that hosted a regional? It's 38. That's right. So I think Too that. Too shy of the program record. 38 seems like a reasonable number when you're already sitting on 30 with what now? 14, 14. regular season yep. games to go plus the two at the Big 12 tournament. Yep. So if you're doing that math, pretty easy, right? You got to split yeah. the rest of the way, and you get to 38 for sure. Right. Essentially, you know, to to match that mark set by a Randy Mazie led team, we'll say you got to play 500 ball the rest of the year, essentially, plus pick up a win, maybe at least in in Arlington. But if you're looking at the program record, which was set in 1994, 40 wins, a nice round figure we can all remember. Again, you're looking at 500 ball, slightly better than 500 ball the rest of the way against teams, last place Baylor team, uh, a, a Oklahoma team that has been very, very uh, fluid, I guess you could say this year, of playing hot, playing cold on, on any given weekend, and then a Pitt team that West Virginia's done a pretty good job, at least as of late, doing a good job taking care of business and beating up one. Well, look, let, let's just say it what it is, right? If this team gets to 40 before the end of the regular season, this team has won the Big 12 tournament, uh, yes. Big 12 regular season title. That right. Is. Yes, I, it, I would and, say so. Right, and that would be the for, for the first time in program history, uh, written if memory serves, the first time any of the three major sports uh, teams, including men's and women's basketball and football, and that has won a Big 12 regular season title, if, if I'm correct in that. I think the did the women's team win a Big 12 title in 14? I know they won a postseason won the title, title beating one Baylor year, in 17th. But, but, yeah, so it is historic stuff one way or another uh, for sure for West Virginia. And Randy Mazie's club will be back at home May 3rd to take on Pitt and then May 5 through 7 against Oklahoma. Deck, any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? I mean, really, like Mike said, and we talked about it a lot in our conversation, J.J. Weatherholt taking – this season by storm and really putting his name into a very select group of kids that, as Mike said, potentially a finalist for the Golden Spikes Award, which I don't know if West Virginia has ever had that. Alec mm. Manoa was not in that conversation. He was one of the top pitchers, obviously, in the country back in 2019. 
not looked at as one of the top all-around players. Jed Jerko obviously had a fantastic career. I don't believe he was ever in that discussion. Um, J.J. Weatherhold has a chance to have arguably the most special season in WVU baseball history this year, and we're seeing that happen right before our eyes. Yeah, so here's a great note on Weatherholt. Uh, 4.55 entering the Penn State game. What's he hitting now? Did you did you update that by any chance? 4.59. Okay, so the Grand Slam and triple boosts his batting average, yeah. right? He is on pace to be the first Power 5 player in 15 years to bat higher than 450. Do you know the last Power 5 guy to bat 450 or better in a completed season? Well, uh, I can tell you that J.J. would not be alone in that That's this right. year. There's That's a kid, right. Dylan Cruz out of LSU is hitting like 480 or 490 He's right batting now. 496 yeah. as of this week. So they're both going to do this in tandem, assuming right. both of them finish above 450. And uh, Cruz is being referred to as a generational talent right. by some. So yeah. when Weatherholt has a historic <laughs> season, it's just he gets one-upped by a guy who's a generational right. talent. J.J. is pretty darn good anyway. Uh, the, the, the name you're looking for, though, for this trivia question, I, I'm assuming it's a known player. Like, yep. probably oh, yeah. have heard he, of him. Yeah. As a baseball guy, I'm pretty sure you'd know him. I uh, feel like state of Florida is where the school is from, if that narrows it down. State of Florida is where the school is from. Um, man, I'm thinking Buster Posey? Bingo. Let's baby. go. You got it. Buster Posey Let's batted go. better than 450 in the 2008 season wow. for Florida State. Way to go, Dak. Thank you. On the spot. Way to go, baby. And, hey, one more thing to clean up. West Virginia's women's basketball team did win a Big 12 regular season okay. title in 2014, won the memorable postseason title in 2017 right. by beating Baylor. Mm -hmm. Uh, that year, and so yeah, just to clean that up, football gotcha. has never won a That's Big Twelve note. Big Twelve title. Uh, men's basketball has not won a Big Twelve title, but the women's team does have one regular season, one postseason title under Mike Carey. The baseball team is very much in the hunt right. for its first regular season title as a member of the Big Twelve. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, presented by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Your WVLawFirm.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for complete coverage of the remainder of baseball season, including this weekend series in Waco, Texas between West Virginia and Baylor. Number 18 Mountaineers back at home May 3rd against Pitt and then a homestand begins as the Mountaineers will also host Oklahoma May 5th through 7th. For Ryan Decker, I'm Nick Farrell. One final thanks to ESPN's Mike Rooney for joining sure. us on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation pod and we'll talk to you next time.